Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. And for a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. That's TotalBev.com or download the Total Beverage app. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. I'm your host, Jesse Montano. I am here by myself today, kicking off your BSN Avalanche podcast week here on Monday. Nice day outside. The uh, sun was out. I don't know when we're getting snow next. I'm sure it'll be soon. I'm sure it'll be horrible once again. But... Not today. In uh, boring and predictable news, the New England Patriots won the Super Bowl, and the Avs still are playing bad hockey after the All-Star and bi-week break. I was going to do the full first segment on the Avs and the Vancouver Canucks from over the weekend. The Avs lost 5-1 to to the Canucks on Saturday on Hockey Night in Canada. I believe it was the second half of Hockey Night in Canada. But, you know, it's it was a lot more of, of what we had seen before. I didn't like the Abs quite as much against the Canucks as, as, you know, we've liked them recently. In the last, you know, three, four weeks, we've seen them play a lot of good games and come out on the losing end because of goaltending. While the goaltending still wasn't good on Saturday, Really, no one was. It was just a, it was a flat performance. Not much going for him. Um, power play wasn't really doing anything. The PK was... Everyone was just okay. So I, I figured instead of us talking once again about that, you know, we, we would just kind of move through, move on to topics from today, both with the abs around the NHL, things that have... To do with the abs, things that affect the abs in in one way or another. Let's start up north. Tyson Jost was back on the ice today for the Colorado Eagles. He was wearing red but was taking part in in team drills, practicing with the team. Uh, Adrian Dater did report uh, over the weekend that he had heard this was not being considered a concussion. It was some other type of upper body ailment. So it looks like when Tyson Jost got absolutely rocked, I believe it was on Thursday, 
in an NHL game coming through the neutral zone. He took a really, really big hit. Uh, but so it looks like maybe you know it was something shoulder, arm, you know, midsection related, not his head. So good news there for the Avalanche. Back at the Abs practice, the line of McKinnon, Landeskog, and Rantanen was put back together. On one hand, I like that Jared Bednar is willing to try something. I like that he was willing to put Soderberg with Landeskog and Rantanen and see if, hey, these three big bodies, can they go in and, and can they do something? Uh, I was telling someone I was watching the game near, I, I said... I like that second line. I like that second unit with Landeskog, Soderberg, Ranton, big bodies, uh, all guys with a little bit of offensive touch. Ranton with a lot of offensive touch. Um, I didn't like <clears throat> the Nathan McKinnon line. And the reason I didn't like the Nathan McKinnon line, I, I'm, I have no problem with him playing with Kerfoot. I actually think that's a, that's a nice... I think that's a nice fit, mostly for Alexander Kerfoot. That's somebody you can distribute the puck to that'll put pucks on net. But you didn't have anyone that was really going to go down low and really be able to effectively dig out pucks. Colin Wilson's good on the wall, but the, the, Nathan McKinnon has found so much success. I've said it before. That top line has found as much success as they've had together because, yes, these are great Individual players, Landeskog and Rantanen showed that at the All-Star game. They're all very skilled players, but their games each complement one another so well. And that's part of what makes that line work so well. So I'm not saying that Nathan McKinnon isn't an elite player, and I can I know that people are already going to say, oh, well, you know, if, if he can't make the players around him better, then he's not an elite. It's not that he doesn't. It's not that Kerfoot and Wilson wouldn't pick up more points just purely by playing on a line with him. But what makes what what has made that top line so much more spectacular than any other group of three in the league has been the fact that they all play a little bit of a different game and it just fits perfectly. You know, those three players were on the team together for a decent amount of time before they were put together and before it clicked just right. All their games came to the, the right level at the same time and, and they developed the certain areas of their games that made it click. That's what has been special about it. So, so for me, splitting those three up, while I do like the creativity of trying to give yourself a little bit of size and scoring there by putting Landeskog and Ranting with Soderbergh, you're just not going to get the same production out of, out of any of the three of them. For me, if you want to try something... You can move Landeskog around, but McKinnon and Ranton, and that's your Yager and Lemieux. Just leave it alone. So they they were put back together at practice today. You like that they tried it. They tried it for a full game. There were shifts here and there where they put it, uh, you know, put them back together. Offensive zone, you know, starts after icings, things of that nature. But they were put put back together full time today at practice. Jared Bednar said that uh, that that will be the line going into tomorrow's game against the Blue Jackets. So what do you do? That's kind of where everyone's at because the the losing isn't stopping. 
the goaltending's not getting any better. The defense has been bland. I, I mean, nothing. They've had some games where they've been okay. They haven't been a huge detriment. They've had other games where it's, what are you doing? You know, it's it's been kind of a, a grab bag. And then from the offensive side of the puck, you're either getting these fantastic performances uh, up front where you're really outplaying the other team, or it's just totally flat and, and non-existent. So what do you do? Do you go out? Do you try to make a trade to... To say this, do you make a trade just for the sake of making a trade? Or do you look at a lot of the advanced statistic numbers that you've seen over the last stretch of games here? Again, maybe maybe Saturday excluded as really no one was, was that good for the Avs. But do you maybe look at that and say kind of the reverse of what you were saying in 13-14 uh, where you're saying, all right, the numbers say we'll pull out of this. The numbers say we've been playing some good hockey, just not getting the results. So just stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. What do you do? I don't know is is the answer. But you've got 21 days. Today is February 4th. You've got 21 days to decide what you're going to do. If you want to... Push your chips all in and and say we're, we think we are truly good enough for a run. We're willing to move assets because we are still in this. Are you willing to move assets for guys that are you know similar to that Mikel Bodker and Sean Mathias situation where it was we aren't in we think these guys can help get us in. So do you do you go give up assets for for rentals just to get into the playoffs and and hope it goes from there? Do you only make a trade if it's someone that you can keep long term helps you now and in the future? I you know, I don't know. Um but it's it's funny because AJ and I did a show Oh boy, let's see when was it here? I think it was it was right after the eleven game point streak and they had stumbled for a couple games. And AJ and I did a show where we were talking about what a fantastic position the Avs had put themselves in at that point in the season with their their the point totals they had banked. We said, Wow, it's going to take a seriously monumental and historic collapse for the Avs to to blow what they've done, even if they don't play to this same level uh, in the second half of the season, they are in good enough shape that they can afford a few you know bumps in the road and and still be totally fine. Well, it, since I believe that about that time, they have the worst record in the NHL. They have they have collected almost, I mean, relatively speaking. Almost no points in December and January. And so do you say, is this what we really are? Do we look at the numbers and or the you know the advanced numbers and say, or is that who we really are? And it's just a matter of we've got to get a couple big saves from our goalies and, and we're gonna get back in it. Therefore, we're gonna proceed as if we're going to the playoffs. Or do you say 
We've lost too much ground. Are you maybe even selling off assets? Is Colin Wilson someone that, uh, you know, you go try to get a mid-round pick for to a team that that is trying to get in? You know, do you become a seller, uh, and and you're trying to attain more picks for for a draft that that you you know you might end up having two top ten picks? I don't know, but so you're you're getting into a situation right around trade deadline where you're going to have to make a decision fast is the point of all this rambling nonsense uh, is, is you're going to have to make a decision fast. And do you want to keep rolling the same thing out there and, and hope that it gets corrected or do you want to try to make a change just for the sake of making a change? Do you want to try to make a change because you truly believe it'll, it'll make you better we are going to talk a little bit more about that after the break. This is BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Hey, BSN fans. Your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Welcome back in segment number two here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano talking. Abs continue to struggle. Uh, they came out of the bye week and the all-star break, took on the Vancouver Canucks Saturday evening at Pepsi Center. It was also one of the hockey night in Canada games of the uh, of the night. And it did not go well for the Avs. Uh, they lost 5-1 to one to the Vancouver Canucks. And just kind of an overall flat performance from the Avs. Asked the question in the last segment, what do you do? The Avs have the worst record in the NHL since, since the start of December. They had a huge, huge cushion uh, on, on a playoff spot in the Third spot in the Central Division. They have now fallen out of the playoff picture. So what do you do? You've got a team that, for the better part of the last two months, on most nights, not every night, but on most nights is going out and is outplaying the opposition from a game control standpoint I guess maybe maybe that's not the right way to to phrase that but you know they're going out and they're they're controlling the pace of play they're controlling possession they're winning the shots on goal battles and not in a way that you say oh that's you know score effects they're they're always having to come from behind sure that's some of it as they've given up the first goal a lot in a lot of games um that that's a little part of it, but but for the most part, you're seeing an Avs team that is just purely controlling games and still coming out on the losing end. So you're you know from a 
a management standpoint, you're saying, all right, we've obviously, you know, we've got our other bumps and bruises right now, but goaltending is what's really, really hurting us. So, again, I, at the end of the last segment, I asked a question, what do you do? Here's what I would do. Because you've got to do something. Not even just, I mean, not even just to make the playoffs, but purely just to avoid this being such an embarrassing collapse two years after a 48-point year. Uh, I mean, you, you have to avoid a collapse like this for, for your franchise's sake, for the organization's sake. You, you've got to avoid doing something like this. So you've got to change something. So for me, again, we, we've done a lot of the if if you're in, in Joe's seat, what would you do recently? So it's kind of what I'm doing here. I'm going to look around the league and I'm going to identify a couple areas where I think I can get a player that can improve my team now as well as in the future. So I'm not going after a rental. And if they're guys that are, you know, Mark Stones, Sean Couturier's, Chris Kreider's, you know, guys that are going to cost you a little bit more, that's fine. Because you want to assume that a lot of these are going to be futures deals. Now, Mark Stone would, you know, would be a rental. So you have, to, you know, that would have to be one where you talk about maybe contract before you you pull the deal, get something verbally in place. But that's that's my step one. Let me look around the league. Let me see somewhere where I think I can get an improvement on my roster. I just saw it on Twitter earlier today i i don't remember who uh tweeted it out might have been cole everyone knows cole and he said i'm gonna let everyone in on a secret good goalies aren't available in the se- in season because good goalies are usually playing for something teams that have good goalies aren't sellers i believe was exactly what the tweet said that's so true. Now, you have a rare instance in Sergei Bobrovsky where you have a really high-end goaltender who is available on the trade market, but you're also buying low as he has not had a good season. You know, this is a Vesna goaltender, Vesna caliber goaltender, not playing like it this year. And odds are, I don't want to say he would for sure go to UFA if you were to trade for him. But there's going to be big money out there for Sergei Bobrovsky, more money than I would be willing to pay. So my point with all of this is you're probably not going to go get a goaltender. What you have in Varlamov and and Grubauer is largely what you're going to roll with. Now, obviously, injuries are a factor. Maybe Pavel Francouz comes back and, and gets you know gets another look gets a start, something. I don't know. But for the most part, the goaltenders you have are the goaltenders you have. That, you just have to trust that they'll both get back to a level that that not only you're comfortable with, but is is a level that your team can compete at. Because you know they're both capable. They both have a big enough sa- uh, you know sample size on their careers that you know what you're getting in each goaltender. So you know they're capable. It's just a matter of them playing that way. That's just the reality of it. So when I'm saying I'm looking around something that's going to make our team your, your, your team better, uh, I'm not 
looking at the goaltender position because it's just not realistic. So again, you know those those names I mentioned earlier: Chris Kreider, Mark Stone, um, Sean Couturier. There's other places around the league. Uh, you know, you look at the Ducks. That's a team that that might be in seller mode. Um, the, so there there's spots around the league. Columbus, obviously, where where you can improve. So you go and you check in on those prices. And if the prices are too high, if you're having to give up too much, too many futures, too many guys off your roster, I, I'm going to do a little bit of an internal shakeup here. So so my, my step one is is go to the go out, look at the league, identify what can make us better. If you can't find anything, I'm going to do a bit of a shakeup because I've said it multiple times on this podcast already, I think. You can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over. I, I, I mean, I guess you can be, because of the point that I made it, that the analytical numbers say that it's – it, it should flip at some point that once you start getting the goaltending, it, it will flip. But I think just that that it's stale right now. It's Everyone is so frustrated. Everyone's gripping the stick so tight that it's it, no one's going to break out of any kind of slump like this. You're not going to get that momentum going. So for me, you, you've got to... I think you pull Martin Cout up. And I think... I don't know if you go real crazy and you pull up that in, entire Jost, Greer, Kout line, uh, but I'm pulling Kout up. I'm pulling Greer up. Tyson Jost, obviously, you're in a little bit of limbo with with the injury, uh, but, but I'm pulling those guys up. I'm getting them into the lineup. Kout is... Here's eight games for Martin Kout. If him coming back into the lineup gets things going and he's contributing and he's being effective in the lineup, then he can stay beyond those eight games. And if that means we're getting to the playoffs, screw it, we'll burn that year. What does it matter? If you call him up and and maybe even if things do flip, but he's not really getting in on anything, then you send him back down, you save that year of ELC. No harm, no foul. With A.J. Greer, again, you pull him up and you kind of give him the same thing. Hey, we're gonna drop you into the lineup for eight games here. You know, you and Cout and whatever is going on with Jost, and you guys are gonna have a chance to to inject some life into the lineup. I don't know if that works. That's just to me. I think you've got to do something like that. You, you you've got to do something where you're you're changing up what you're doing. And you're giving Cout, you know, this is a guy who you're expecting to be a significant part of your organization going forward. See where he's at. AJ Greer is is the tough one, right? Because everyone knows that anytime he's been called up, it's not that he necessarily hasn't gotten a fair look, but they just really seem to have a hard time finding a home for Greer on the NHL lineup. So that one, I don't, I don't know if if bringing up a guy like Greer does a lot for you because you've done it before. You've tried it before in past seasons and and it hasn't seemed to work. The reason I think maybe Kout gets you a little bit of energy because this is someone who you say, all right, we want you in the top six down the road. We're going to play you in the top six. Maybe you run some kind of Landeskog, Soderberg, Kout behind a... 
I, I don't know, a, a, a comp for McKinnon Rantanen, and, and you run that as your top six. And again, just see if you can get a little bit of, of, of life out of your guys here. And, and that's what I'm doing over the next three weeks. I'm evaluating the trade market, and in the meantime, I, I'm doing some kind of internal shuffle, internal shakeup, where I'm, I'm going to sit a couple guys. You, you might send you know a, a Sheldon Dries back down, someone that, that doesn't hurt you on waivers. You put Cout, you put Greer into the lineup. Um, maybe you'd have to call up Jose as well just for a center there on that fourth line. You sit Andrew Ghetto. You sit uh, Gabe Bork, and and again, you you just try something. And if you can find a trade that works for you, where you're not giving up, you know, a very very similar deal to what uh, Toronto did, and not necessarily as far as who they're getting back, but what kind of assets they gave up. Where you know that is a nice pick. It's a it's a good pick. It's a high pick. And, and it's a couple prospects, but you're not taking anything off your NHL roster. You're only adding to to the your current product on the ice. If the Abs can find something like that, again, you look at a team like Ottawa that's that's maybe got a few guys other than Mark Stone that, that you like, where it's, hey, you're obviously in futures mode. What kind of you know future pieces can we give you that make you comfortable sending us something that is going to make us better now? So that's that's what I'm doing. I'm basically just spending the next three weeks testing. And if you get to February 20th and you couldn't find anything on the trade market you liked as far as price and nothing that made sense for your team, and if you have fallen back, you the, the internal kind of shot in the arm you tried to give yourself didn't work, then you go in and, and, and you sell off. You see if there's a buyer for Varley. I I don't know who would be buying at the deadline. On a, I, I guess you could retain some some salary and maybe a team who wanted to solidify their, their goaltending position for a playoff run. I, I don't know. Um, I, I, without having Cat Friendly in front of me, I don't know what the situation is. But, I mean, you look at like a Pittsburgh – if you can retain as much money as possible, you can maybe get a, a, a nice pick from them uh, just with the health issues Matt Murray has had. That's purely off the top of my head, not looking at any kind of numbers, not knowing what's possible, what's not. Uh, so, you know, maybe you, you try to see if there's a buyer for Varley. And then past that, you just kind of go down the line. Uh, you, you know, you look at Colin Wilson. Is there a buyer for that? Again, a mid a mid-round pick, a, a whatever prospect, if you truly think that you're out of it and you need to go into seller mode, then then that's what you do. You you look at your contracts and, and see what you can shave off knowing that you've got some guys coming next year that are going to be jumping into your lineup and, and you hope, you know, at least one top five pick from Ottawa and, and another decent one. Um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens here over the next three weeks because the abs are really in that gray area of standings wise, you're in it. You're you're totally it's totally feasible for you to get in and to even get a decent seed, but your team's play just isn't turning around fast enough. And you've 
not not even fast enough at all. And so you've got to get something out of them before you can really decide what you're going to do deadline day. Let's take one more break. When we come back, we will kind of take a look around the NHL, see what else is happening and what some other teams might be doing while the Avs are evaluating and trying to figure out what they're going to do. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. And I have to remind you guys about Total Beverage. They're one of our favorite sponsors. They've been with us forever. And and before we head out to this break, uh, I want to tell you guys about a really awesome deal. For BSN listeners, you already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado. But now they're delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 purchase at their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more order for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. When it comes to insurance, sometimes you never really realize how important it can be until you actually need it. Well, here at BSN Denver, we recommend Farmers Agent Bryce Babcock to all of our listeners as one of the most trusted and reliable agents in the metro area. If I was a customer looking for a new agency, I would recommend Bryce because his agency hands down is the fastest people I've ever dealt with to get information back to you. That was David. He's been a client of Bryce's for over three years now. I used to have my homeowner's insurance with another farmer's agency that never really followed up, never followed up on the price. My price was actually dropped by almost 20 to 30 percent switching over to Bryce, even with the same company. And like I said, his follow-up is awesome. He guarantees you at least a one-time-a-year follow-up that he will sit back and review your file with you. Like David mentioned, Bryce guarantees that type of communication because he understands how important it is to be relatable and accessible. He's a great person not only be your agent, but he's a great person to be your friend as well. If you're interested in making the switch to Bryce Babcock for your life, home, business, or auto insurance, be sure to call 303-996-6509 and mention BSN. Third and final segment, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano here. We are talking trade deadline season really is is kind of what it is here and, and how teams are evaluating themselves and, and what they might be doing 
leading up to that February 25th trade deadline. We talked about the abs in the last segment, how, hey, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over. You've got three weeks to evaluate what you've got in-house as well as potential trade partners. Take those three weeks, see what you have internally, if that's Martin Count, if that's Tyson Joseph, if that's A.J. Greer, if it's whoever you think can make a difference in this lineup, get them into the lineup. Don't keep beating your head against the same brick wall. Find a new wall at least. Uh, so the Avs got to do that, while at the same time you got to take a look around the league and say, are there any deals out here that we think we can make that are a, a, a reasonable price for us that, that we can justify giving up assets to, to make our team better now and in the future? Don't do anything short-term. Just trying to get into the playoffs. You only, you only lose assets there. That's all you do. So that's what the Avs, uh, in my opinion, I think should be doing, might be doing uh, here over the next 21 days, three weeks. So you look at, at maybe some other teams, obviously the... Wow, I can only think of Pacific and Metro. Central Division teams, you want to look at that because those those are your teams that you're most closely competing with for a playoff spot. Now, again, you turn back the clocks at the beginning of December, and it was, oh, you're worried about Nashville and Winnipeg. That's who you're trying to chase down. You're right there with both of them. And now things have gone so badly that you are two full points out of the playoffs. St. Louis, a team that you would put in your rearview mirror, is now one point behind you. The Chicago Blackhawks, a team that you sh- that should have, I mean, been just buried by where you were in the standings, is now just three points behind you. And you're four points back of Minnesota, who currently occupies the first wild card spot. And six points back of the Dallas Stars, who currently occupy the third uh, place in the Central Division. Just to remind everyone how bad the Abs have been lately. Uh, but so let's let's take a look there. Uh, let's let's start there, I should say. Uh, so you start at the top at, with with Winnipeg. Both Winnipeg and Nashville, I think, are. Uh, I don't necessarily know if you want to say dark horse teams, but these are two teams I'd keep an eye on if if the Matt Duchesne sweepstakes makes a encore uh, appearance here. If, if we're once again watching to see where Matt Duchesne is going to end up, his agent and the Senators have been having contract talks here for the last week, seeing if they're maybe in the same ballpark if they are nowhere close if they can get something done if they can't and that's a player that is is going to be on the move Winnipeg and Nashville are two teams that I would definitely keep an eye on Winnipeg is also a team AJ and I talked about it last week that's a team that I'm keeping an eye on for uh I thought my microphone was off sorry if you heard that uh that pause my voice or I thought I just did the last this whole beginning of this segment with my mic completely off. Um, Winnipeg is a team that I think if, if Colorado is forced into seller mode just based on them not playing well down the stretch here, Winnipeg is a team, AJ and I talked about, uh, maybe you see if if they want a little bit of, of extra offensive punch in a Tyson Berry in, in exchange for maybe a Jacob Truba 
Um, so that's a team I would keep an eye on if if that were to be the case. But Nashville and Winnipeg, I'm I'm looking at either way as as a potential landing spot for Matt Duchesne. Uh, try to win a cup, Nashville especially because that's a place where you could see him going and them having a great shot at re-signing him. Um, now that I'm saying it out loud, I think that's a team that's got a, a shot at him in, in free agency or that he's at least going to be interested. Everyone knows his southern, uh, you know, he's he's very country. He loves country, we'll put it that way. Um, so, you know, I, th- those are a couple of places for, for Matt Duchesne. Minnesota and Dallas, I think, are the two teams that I'm most – uh, puzzled by what I think they're they're gonna do here, what they want to do here, what they can do here, um, because Minnesota is, is right up against the cap, and that's another team that they're four points ahead of the Avs. But when you look at at the state of those teams, and we've talked about it a thousand times, we don't need to beat up on Minnesota any anymore. But from from purely just a what might they do standpoint. I don't know because, to me, if if you're going out and adding rentals, you're just adding rentals to say, can we make it to the second round? That's a team that's not good enough to to win a Stanley Cup, and you know the the them and Dallas are the two teams that I think. All right, maybe see them add a, a depth guy. They want to assure that they get in for you know the ticket sales and and things like that, um, but both of those teams I think you're gonna have a hard time, uh, hard time adding anything meaningful and you know from Minnesota standpoint they've talked a couple times about do we maybe need to you know tear it down so I don't know if necessarily you're gonna go from that to well let's go add and see what kind of run we can get on. Uh, so Minnesota and Dallas, I don't expect them to do much. St. Louis, now here's a team that everyone thought was going to be a seller. They have clawed their way back at least into the conversation. They have still a, a ways to climb and, and a, a lot of teams around them to, to climb over. But, I, you know, everyone thought they were going to be in seller mode. You're maybe talking Ryan O'Reilly at that point. Uh, you're talking Petrangelo. You're talking Shen. You, you know, there's, there's, you know, Tarasenko's name was even out there. That one's a harder one to trade because of the contract. That's, you know, those are big money deal. Him and O'Reilly. Um, but you're talking a lot of these guys, and now suddenly they're right back in it. But like I just said, they're not totally back in it. There, there's a lot going on around them still. Do you, you know, that's a team that last year was right in it and wasn't afraid to move Paul Stasny at the deadline, even though it it drew some serious backlash from the the, the players, the guys still on the roster. So, you know, that's a team that you look at and you say, do they just stay the course and say, if we get in, then we get in? Um do they sell off like they showed last year they're not afraid to do? Do they buy to try to make it, to make up for last year, the fact that they sold off and then missed by one point? Uh, I don't know. Chicago's another one that's in an interesting situation. Is that maybe a team that is a fit for Semyon Varlamov? I don't know. 
Corey Crawford has is having such horrific concussion issues. There's talk that his career might be over, which is horrible for him, first of all. Um, but, you know, that's that's a team that has learned the very hard way the last two seasons how important goaltending is. Is that a team that is maybe going to say, hey, we'll give you something for Semyon Varlamov. We'll get him signed this summer to a moderate deal. And if Corey Crawford can come back, then you can kind of do a 1A, 1B situation. Um, I mean, he absolutely loves playing in the United Center, so maybe you try to capitalize on that for his home games. I don't know. Again, I'm just kind of spitballing here uh, since, you know, management definitely listens to the show. But again, so is Chicago. They're obviously, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say obviously. They're, they're at 49 points. Right now, the Vancouver Canucks hold down the last playoff spot with 54 points. So again, five points back, but they have one, two, three, four, five, five teams just to climb over before they even get to Vancouver. Then you've got the Dallas's and Minnesota's and Vancouver's of the world that are all right there. Um, I don't know. That to me is a team that's more likely going to be a seller or yeah, seller at the deadline. Again, maybe they try to get a head start on. Uh, their goaltending search this summer as chalker cam ward hasn't gotten it done out east you know guys we talked a lot about this last week um on on one of our trade shows ottawa is back in last place in the nhl which is exactly what everyone wants to see uh they've lost four in a row this is an interesting one. This is definitely one of the most interesting ones that, that people are watching right now just because you don't know what's going to happen with Mark Stone and Matthew Shane. A few weeks ago, I think my bet would have been Duchesne stays, Stone leaves just because of the way that arbitration went down last year with Mark Stone where he elected for it. He purposefully held out purposefully had the arbitrator decide so it had to be a one-year deal which took him right to ufa um to me that looked like a pretty clear cut i'm out i think it's one or the other well actually let me rephrase that i think if mark stone decides first and mark stone is leaving i think they're both gone if mark stone is staying i think it's probably because they're offering him a little bit more money than maybe they should, and they're probably talking captaincy with him. And if that's the case, then I think Matt Duchesne's gone. Uh, I think there is a situation where Matt Duchesne signs first, and Mark Stone then signs behind him, uh, both kind of on you know under the the cornerstone of. You guys are what we're building with, and you guys are, are what we're going into battle with going forward. You're going to be the cornerstones, which everyone has seen what it was here for Matt Duchesne, not to be up on the guy again. But uh, that's that's the only situation in which I see that they, they both wind up there. My gut tells me Mark Stone signs and stays long-term. Matt Duchesne gets traded at the deadline. Um which again, if if they're doing that, that means cool punting on the season, and um, 
they're they're going to be looking at a, at a futures heavy deal. So they're that's going to be a roster that's getting worse, which is good news for the Avs for obvious reasons. Don't really have much for you guys today. A little bit of a shorter show, but we're just getting the week started. We have Avs Blue Jackets tomorrow. We haven't quite decided. We might do a uh, a show before the game, and then we'll do the the post game show on Wednesday, or we might just. Wait until the post-game show tomorrow night. Anything could happen in this crazy world. Let's go ahead and get out of here for today. For no one else at all, just me in here by myself. I'm Jesse Montano. Thank you guys, as always, so much for listening. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage, and uh, we will be back tomorrow.